Welcome to the weekly, a broadcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. In the booth with me is Thomas Milburn. We're going to have a great session here recording about Revelation. And no matter where you find yourself out today, we have found ourselves between two ferns. Because it is Christmas at Calvary. Maybe between two furs. <laughs> no doubt. You have to go to our YouTube feed to see what we're talking about here. Yeah. Because our faces are made for radio. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up on YouTube. <laughs> we, oh, we've got to get makeup in here. Help this. Where's our makeup? <laughs> you imagine being on the daily newscast every morning no, at 5 30 i think you have to get there two days in advance oh my which i don't know how that works what um, a crazy life to live that in front of like that camera that early in the morning yeah every day i think that's why news bloopers yeah. are my favorite thing to watch <laughs> <laughs> when they just like keep reading the teleprompter <laughs> yeah like all just keeps going. Like you're not supposed to read that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Please stop reading. Please stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a stressful job. I'm glad I don't do that. <laughs> they make it look good. They're, they, like, they're good. Yeah, they're good. The, the they have a lot the of cream, talent. Yeah, they've been to school for this. Yeah, totally. Um, we've done none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had a podcast about dad life in Erie before I did this. Yeah, podcast. I figured since you did that, you were basically a professional. You know, I actually knew how to hit record by that time. We're good to go. Yeah. Find a song, hit record, get two microphones. Oh, my goodness. You know, we did create this in COVID because I've always wanted to catch the conversation that happens during the weekday between us around the water cooler, around any of the pastors who preached about all the things they've left behind or couldn't yeah. pick up on Sunday because there's so many things always there is. within and, the text. And just like, how do you... How do you actually apply some of this stuff? Right. You know, it you takes get, a conversation. It's not like from a stage. Yeah. It's like over a cup of coffee. Yeah. I know, that's man. Good. I, that's why I love the weekly. And so many people I have actually started since I've said, hey, come find me. Tell me. Your, yeah. So many people have hit me up in the last like two weeks, three weeks and said, hey, I listen. Really? So, yeah. One of our oh. good friends, Josh, who cleans his house on Friday, listens on Friday. Man, shout out to Josh cleaning his house. He cleans his house on Friday and says, hey, Thanksgiving week, there was no weekly. I forgot to mention that, that there wasn't going to be one. <laughs> it's my bad. Again, I didn't, this I didn't is read not the a telep- professional podcast. Yeah, I did not read the teleprompter. Yeah. But yeah. he cleans on Friday and says he listens. I'm saying, so thankful for that. So, hey, I've got to, this is, this is going to be, we're going to get to the to the thing right now. I would say that Sunday's message was one of the most convicting messages for me personally in a very long time. Here, Here's my problem is I spend like two weeks in this thing. Right. And I feel all the feelings for two weeks. Oh, man. You only have to deal with it for like 35 minutes. Sometimes 40. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. if you come to the second hour. I think what's amazing is, you know, we plan these. We kind of just break it out, Yeah, the, this, these series. You know, months in advance. Right. And I'm not really looking at, oh, this week goes with this theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of break it out say, okay, how many weeks do we need in this chapter? Right. And so these chapters land on certain weeks yeah. that I didn't necessarily plan for. Right. That I really think it's, I, I, would, I would attribute to God's kindness. God yeah. is kind 
to let us bump into certain texts on specific weekends to bring extra conviction. Oh, man. So to talk about consumerism after yeah. after Thanksgiving, Good Friday, Small Business Saturday, in anticipation of Cyber Monday. Right. Man, I this is how I felt. I felt like, oh, I'm just fattening myself for the day of slaughter. You know, it, it was like that. And there's some years I am really good through that week of sales yeah. and like very intentional in my yeah. spiritual life in that week. This year was not one of those. <laughs> and I embarrassingly have to say, I was on the phone way too much looking at all the deals, comparing prices, comparing yeah. things, and then got to Sunday. It was like, oh, Lord, oh no. I need oh no. to repent. The thing is, okay, I am unclean. I know we're going to talk about it, but there are, I mean, here's the thing. There are complexities to this that you live in a world economy right oh and totally i'm gonna buy my kids something for christmas anyway right and so if i can get a better deal mm-hmm. over this weekend i'm probably gonna do that yeah but then there's like the underbelly of this thing of like wait a minute did i just spend how many hours sitting next to my spouse mm-hmm. while we we're both scrolling through deals and then found things that i didn't need mm-hmm. didn't know i needed um that was just all about me instead of actually about my family i know i know i what sums it up, I think I've mentioned this before. The kids and I were going out to Walmart and uh they said, Hey, can we get can we buy some things? I said, What 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 do you need? They said, Well, we don't know what they have. Yeah. And yep. I thought, Oh, that's funny that they said it out loud because that's that's like my life right. is I don't know what I need because I don't know what they have. <laughs> yeah. If you could just tell me what you're selling, I might need some of that. Right. And this is the thing with like here's here's and we'll get to this. We're living the kingdom of God. Yeah. In a, a different kingdom right now. We're aliens and strangers. If you read your New Testament, we're living in tents, friends. And it is so hard. You have to fight daily in this culture yeah. to not swim in that stream. Like you have to oh, totally. literally fight. Yeah. One of my friends, Rick, talks about this all the time. Like you have to discern and fight every day because the reality is, we're just inundated. Yeah. And if you drift into that stream, you're swimming. Oh, yeah. I think the other piece of it is, and I didn't do a good job on Sunday highlighting this. And so it's, it's always in the back of my mind, whether it gets articulated well or not, is God's ways are the good ways. Mm-hmm. And so when he even calls us to, to fight every day, to, to, to wage war against some of these things, to resist mm-hmm. um, the flow of our culture, it's not as though he's the fun killer. Right. Is Okay, let's just let's just play this out. I mean, I've played this out a hundred times at Christmas. Yeah, you buy everything you want, then you get to Christmas, and I'm super disappointed that it didn't satisfy the way you know I was hoping it would. You have the post Christmas blues. Yeah, credit card debt. I yeah. spent too. You know, whatever it is, right. it's like man, I, I thought I was going to spend my way into this amazing experience, and then it didn't. Mm-hmm. And then you like think, okay, God's ways are maybe harder, but at the end of the end of the day, they're the they're the good ways. They are the good ways. So and I get he that never disappoints yeah. and always satisfies. So if you're joining us for the conversation, I think one thing that's helpful is to understand that we really view the book of Revelation as speaking to us today. Yes, and that's complex because it was speaking to seven churches 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And somehow, because First Peter tells us this, the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to us as well. Yeah. And Hebrews tells us that yeah. it's, it's living and active. It's working so, and living and active. So. Yeah. I think that's important to say, hey, it, it has a historical root. 
or foundation. Mm -hmm. So it speaks about reality that was, but we also believe it's the reality as it is. Right. And the ultimate reality as it will be. And so we still take the whole book to apply to us today. And it will ultimately apply to a culminating, unifying future. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps we'll be living at that time. Perhaps we won't be. Mm-hmm. But to reserve the whole thing to, hey, this is going to happen in the future. It doesn't apply to you. I think it removes it from the category of that conviction. Oh, no doubt. And so because we want, we want to actually let Revelation speak to the world that we're living in today and to form us of how to live in this world, um, I think that's not always the posture that people take when they come to the book of Revelation. Yeah, and I think I've been a Christian for over 20 years now, right? And you're 21 years old. Yeah, and I, this is probably the one thing that haunts me the most is Babylon. Like, as I thought about my yeah. faith, lived, tried to live out my faith, tried to navigate the world with my faith, this idea of Babylon has just always been there. Like, what am I doing that's actually supporting Babylon? And what am I doing that's actually living in the kingdom of God? Yeah. And this tension that's always there. There's always a tension. And it never gets resolved. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think on Sunday, at its best, is just to wake people up to the fact that the world in which we live in is, there's an underbelly to it mm-hmm. that we don't always recognize. And Revelation is going to call it Babylon. And there's a historical route that we looked at. Like, here's the beginning of Babel, which is the assembly of, of people um, against God to make a name for themselves, to use technology for their own protection, their own might, their own strength, their own, you know, whatever, right. self-interest. And that develops into literally Babylon, mm-hmm. in which we see Daniel and his friends live out in Babylon, which, I mean, thank God there's a book in which they have to actually live in Babylon. But the crazy thing is, is before that, even in the prophets, God himself says he's going to use Babylon for his good. Yeah. For his instrument of justice Correct. and judgment. And you're like, come on, this is yeah. crazy. You're using something wicked. Yeah. Well, maybe letting it run at, run its course in order for judgment to happen. The people of Israel. Yeah. I think when you see God's judgment, think of, think of Romans one is because you did not, glorify me, right? Mm. And you're not going to worship me. You're going to worship the creation. You're going to love creation, not me. Then I'm going to give you over mm-hmm. to desires, right? And so I think when we think of judgment, he's giving Babylon. He's not restraining Babylon. He's not right. restraining evil. He's allowing Babylon to do what Babylon wants to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to allow evil to do what evil wants to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's his judgments. Mm-hmm. And then what you end up seeing is, oh man, it devours people and devours itself, because that's what evil does. Just yeah. looking to destroy everything. And you read Psalms like, I sat by the water and wept. Yeah. You know, like, you're just like, oh my gosh, man. I couldn't, I, I can't imagine the book of Daniel and being Daniel and his friends. Oh my gosh. But th- th- that's why the example is so good, is we look at the text from 18, where this Babylon mm-hmm. we've seen is political, you know, it's um, it's religious, and then we see that it's, it has an economy to it, and at, and the underbelly of its economy is is built at the exploitation of people. Are you talking about America, and you're just not saying it like that? I, I think anyone who wears the, I think the, I think I don't remember who has said this, but whoever wears the um, eschatological hat has to wear it. Mm-hmm. And so there are times in which 
religious churches, Catholic Church, Protestant Church, has wear, has worn this hat of the beast, has worn the hat of the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. I mean, you have Nazi Germany. Totally. Obviously, it's an easy yeah. case study, right? But then you have to look at it, us at times. Yeah. Like, I think, especially, I think, yeah. you know, and here's the thing. Here's where the podcast gets really real and really uncomfortable. It's like nationalism right now in America is real, especially Christian nationalism, right? Yeah. I think I think when you when you try to find your hope in any government, political system, area of power outside of Jesus Christ, you're in danger of worshiping Babylon. Mm. Now, do do I want to live in a country, in a place that loves Jesus? Absolutely. Do right. I want to live in a country that has Judeo-Christian morals and principles. It goes uh, better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so to my ability, do I want to persuade things for that to happen? Absolutely. Is my ultimate concern and care for the state? No. No. It's no. not. And so, like, if I'm going to be faulted for something, I've said this before on the podcast, it's not going to be for love in America too little. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I love, I love the country that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely do. But my ultimate allegiance is to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so... America will end. Mm-hmm. It will at some point. Um, Babylon has come to an end many times. And so we see in, in Revelation 18, that end comes swiftly. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, man, those who you know, puff themselves up in pride, like we're invincible. Mm-hmm. Their, their fall is so dramatic to let everybody know that, that they're not God. Yeah. Can I give some book recommendations just at this point and to be nuts, helpful? Man. I think Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, which is the probably the best book he ever wrote and the least rad book he ever wrote. So it's a tough book. It's a big yeah, book. I'm not, book. but it's a, I think King, thinking about kingdom, how to live out the kingdom, Divine Conspiracy. I You have to mention Dietrich Bonhoeffer here with Life to, Together or The Cost of Discipleship, maybe even better. It's the start of that. I mean, those are real those are real books, right? That really help you navigate what you're doing in the world. You have any other recommendations? You were like, you, this book sort of helps you understand how to live out the kingdom within the culture we live in. Yeah, I live mean, no I, lie by John. Yeah, John Mark Comer, live no lies. That that's just a, a good modern book on trying to navigate the world you're in. Mm-hmm. That we have been lied to mm-hmm. on many fronts. Those lies become normalized and then they become believed and practiced and so to kind of break free from oh man actually this is not god's truth um but honestly i would read the book of the first seven chapters of the book of daniel dude i i was just gonna <laughs> that or the fir, the three chapters of matthew five six and seven yeah like yeah. just the, the opposite kingdom blessed are these people mm-hmm. poor thirsty Read them in different translations too. Like yeah. read them in the NIV or Greek, ESV, <laughs> Greek, you know, NLT. Like those, those are really important to sort of get the conversation yeah. in different languages. All right. So I, I'm just assuming everyone had already heard this message. If they haven't, they should probably go back and, and they listen definitely to the, should pause this and go back yeah. and listen. But I think it's important to remember that there was a literal Babylon mm-hmm. that was a historical example for us of what has also happened throughout histories. Mm-hmm. So there was Babylon that Daniel was in. There was Rome that is is Babylon of 
the historical time in which Revelation is written, John would have thought of Rome. Mm-hmm. His hearers would have thought of Rome. Its fall, similar to Babylon, is like overnight. Right. It's just this sudden um, collapse uh, of of the system, and the system is is corrupt. It, it looks so good on the outside. It looks beautiful. It looks strong. It looks powerful. It's affluent, and then what he's seeing in the Revelation is: Let me show. I'm going to reveal to you the underbelly of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to reveal to you how people have built their wealth, their lives, their securities on this as opposed to God. And this thing's coming down. So even in the book of Daniel, one of the prophecies of Daniel is he tells you of these civilizations, the Syrians, all these, right, of these dreams, these realities of these kingdoms falling as well. And then the reality that just like Revelation, there's one that will never fall, Mm -hmm. and that is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what's coming. That's what's coming. And so... Daniel lives this out, which is mm-hmm. how do you live in Babylon and not be part of Babylon? This is the New Testament, how to be in the world but not of it. And I, I loved this section this last Sunday. Like I loved I loved how you went back to Daniel and just helped the scriptures reframe my life. You know what I mean? Because you gotta live here, right? You gotta live here. You got you've gotta eat here, you have to be clothed here. Yeah. You have to raise a family here. You have to invest for retirement here. Yeah. Right? Because here's what I normally, this is what I normally hear from people is I'll say, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and separate myself from maybe this company, mm-hmm. or I'm going to choose not to put some financial investments in this, this company, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and suspend this streaming service because right. they're taking my dollars and they're producing something that I think is so egregious to Christ that I don't want, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. And, and this is more than just like people boycotting Bud Light. Right. Okay. This is totally. This is like no. You're actually producing content that is not is not God glorifying, mm-hmm. and it's antagonistic, and it's wanting to lead me and my family and others astray. And yeah, and this is called discernment. You have to have yeah. discernment. So we usually what I'll hear as a rebuttal to that is, well, you're going to boycott everything. And I'm like, well, I'm not boycotting. I don't think it's, that's not what I'm trying to do. Right. What I'm trying to do is separate myself. And they'll say, well, everything is tainted. What are you going to you going to make your own clothes? And I get what they're saying because essentially they're saying, hey, it's so, it's so exhausting to think of all the things that we're doing mm-hmm. and how, you know, you can't really just like create the Christian version of it. And so even if you were to separate yourself completely, it's, it's impossible to do it. It's, I'm sorry to say, it's, it's impossible to actually do it. And so because it's impossible, then we don't do anything. Right. So because I can't separate myself completely, I won't separate, separate myself anywhere. And that's not what God's calling us to do. Nor is this the story of Daniel. That's exactly right. Is even if you were to, so to speak, say, I'm just going to make my own clothes. I'm going to live on a commune. I'm going to grow my own food. The tools you're using to do that are polluted. Right. And so I think in one sense, Revelation 18 is actually more discouraging than you even realize, Mm -hmm. which is everything is tainted, which is actually why he has to bring an end to it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no necessarily redeeming entity in which Jesus says, okay, well that, well, that will make it to the eternal kingdom. Right. No, he's going to dismantle everything, bring it back down to its foundation, and then rebuild, make all things new. So because all things have been tainted, all things need to be made new. All, uh, I will put this caveat. The only thing that's not tainted is the word of God. It lasts forever. Okay. So, yes, everything except the word of God has been tainted. So I think in the, in the consumer sense, what we're called to do is wake up, and say, Lord, where where do you convict me? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I called out of this? Like, is it something in my schedule? Is it in my purchasing? 
Um, is it is it where I participate? You know, it, there has to be some difference as Christians. And so I think that's why the book of Daniel is so fascinating. Is Daniel, he's going to wear Babylonian garb. Yeah. He's going to take a Babylonian name. He sleeps he in a, a Babylonian bed. Yeah. And he, he works for the stinking government, right. right, to make Babylon flourish. And Jeremiah tells us to, hey, you're going to be in exile, so plant, plant vineyards, yeah. build houses, have families. Like you're going to be in Babylon, seek the welfare of the city that I'm sending you in, for in its welfare, you're going to find your welfare. And this is not a story that's new to Daniel. Joseph did this in Egypt. Yeah. This is a part of his story that God had yeah. to use him to take. And he he blesses Egypt. Mm-hmm. Egypt's the first Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you have, so one of the chapters that this is a hyperlink to from Revelation 18 is Jeremiah 51. So remember, Jeremiah is the one that's prophesying with many of these things to Daniel. Yeah. And speaking about Babylon. And he's, you know, he says, flee from the midst of Babylon. Let everyone save his life. Be not cut off in her punishment, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance, the repayment he is rendering her. Mm. And so this has happened before, is separate yourself. Call, he's calling you out mm. to not be part of the whole Babylonian system, the way of life, the way in which you make a name for yourself, find wealth, security, comfort, luxury, power, identity in this system, mm. because he's bringing that to an end. And so in, in Jeremiah 51, he calls out the people several times, come out of Babylon, come out of Babylon. And here in Revelation 18, he's saying, hey, this Babylonian beast that we've seen um, as a harlot woman, you need to come out of her. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a piece that we didn't talk about on Sunday is to kind of sew another thread together. I love this. Is Revelation 12, mm-hmm. right? So we get, the, we get dragon. Which, do you have a dragon in your nativity? Uh, yeah, and... So many people are like, I'm putting a dragon in my nativity. I'm like, I, got a, I got a picture <laughs> of a friend who put one in. I, don't, I mean, I, I love it because it just helps remind you of the story, mm-hmm. right? Um, just remember, our, our Catholic friends literally believe that the woman of Revelation 12 is Mary. Right. We're not saying that. Right. We're saying the woman is, the believing community is Israel, bringing forth the culmination of God's promise, Messiah. Right. And at the antithesis of that is obviously Mary bringing forth Jesus. So it's the dragons consuming the woman Israel to bring forth Messiah. But after that, uh, the dragon goes to, to make war because he couldn't stop that. He makes war on the offspring of this woman. Mm. And it says those who follow the ways of Jesus Christ, the, mm. who practice the ways of Jesus Christ, who are obedient to Jesus Christ. So it's, it's believers, right? Right. Jew, Gentile, it's those who follow Jesus Christ. And so Revelation 12 ends with him kind of standing on the seashore. And says he's he's making war on God's people. Right. And then he he calls forth a beast from the sea, this abyss of like the place of evil. And then there's another beast from the land. And these beasts make war on God's people. And then there's this harlot that we saw in Revelation 17. And the beasts let this harlot ride them. Mm-hmm. So like these beasts that are animated by the dragon, and there's a lot of color here. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of questions here. Put too. put Babylon on their back right? with her constitution of Babel and right. the economy um, that exploits people exploits and lets her ride, right? Right. So you got to tie this whole thing together and say, okay, how does the dragon make war on God's people? One of the ways he does that is by looking beautiful, mm. luxurious, mm-hmm. wealthy, accomplished, successful, I know some of those people. 
They're yeah. in my news feeds. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you're giving a vision for my life. Right. And so even even in, in Revelation 17, remember, uh, John sees uh, the woman, the harlot, mm-hmm. Babylon, and he says he marveled. And then I thought the angel, I, I really do think the angel's like, slap, like, John, man, wake up, wake up. <laughs> He's like, whoa, she's, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's like everything that we would view as successful. And he's like, let me just show you her end. Like, where does this thing lead? Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what people aren't thinking about when they think about c- overconsumption of luxury, of finding their trust, their identity, their securities in this. And so he's showing the belly of that mm-hmm. and the end of it to kind of wake John up. And that's what Revelation is. Hey, wake up. The dragon is using these things in its beauty, in its appearance, in its false promises to woo you away from Jesus Christ. That is what Instagram is doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But you know, it's so like, I'll, that, I'll, I mean, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? It's good. I think, like, that's what it, yeah. that's what it's doing. It's, it's showing you beautiful things so you can buy things. Yeah. In so, so, you, so many ways. So I want that lacking. experience or, right. So what's the dragon's ultimate goal is to draw you away from faithfully following Jesus Christ. Now he can do that with persecution. We see that like, oh, totally. these beasts are drunk on the blood of the saints. And that's we see that around a, the world with our brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, right? But that's not the play often in America, right? So what's the play in America? The playbook is this. So if, if the ultimate goal is, I just need you to get off of your attention with Jesus Christ, and for you to be consumed by something else, well then I'll just give you this thing. It looks yeah. so good, so beautiful. Then you'll stop caring as much. You'll be more comfortable. Now another thread to sew in here is if you take the seven churches and keep placing them in Revelation. Four through 21, or I guess 20, what you're seeing is the life that they're living mm-hmm. and a call for them to stop compromising their faith. And so one of the churches that we talked about, I think that really shows up again here in Revelation 18, is, is Laodicea, mm-hmm. is that lukewarm church that thinks they're rich. Yeah. Remember Jesus' critique of them is, you think you're rich. Mm-hmm. You don't know you're impoverished. Yeah, Buy just... from me true wealth. Gosh. And so here it is like, okay, Revelation 18 hey, you're seduced by this economy. You're so seduced by this system in this way. And so you have stopped following Jesus. You think you're rich. Right. And you are destitute. Buy from me. That's why I was sitting there on Sunday. I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. And here's the thing. I love, this is why I love the Bible, is they're always trying to tell us the underbelly. Yeah. So the Proverbs, Proverbs 7, it's talking, you know, this, this wise sage is, talking to his kids of like how to preserve your life. Read a Proverbs a day and keep the doctor away. <laughs> That's what my dad says. Uh, so he's talking about this persuasive harlot mm-hmm. that seduces men. Right. So we could we could think about this in very vivid terms of how men are seduced by easily um, beautiful, seductive, pornographic images, right? So in in verse twenty one of seven, with persuasive words she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. It just, it just sounds like Revelation 17, 18. All at once he followed her. And then this is the description. So I'm going to show you what's really happening. So you're, you're following these lustful thoughts. At once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow, an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. He's saying, okay, the, the end result here. He doesn't know that he's like an ox going to the slaughterhouse. And at the, the result of that, it's just dead men's bones. Right. Or and is it, it like Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount saying, 
be a wise builder, either shifting sand or a rock. Totally. Like, here's the underbelly of all this, right? This is why God's ways are the good ways, is that he's right. not the fun killer. He's not the one saying, hey, stop buying because we know that those things are, you know, things you really want, but, you know, you need to not have them. He's saying, oh, these things are luring you in. That will actually destroy your life. That will actually leave you empty. And so come to me, who will satisfy your life. Right. So it goes again back to, what, is, what does the adversary do? Kill, steal, destroy. What does the dragon do? Kill, steal, destroy. He'll do that by any means. Right. And so if he can get your attention with overconsumption, luxury, wealth, comforts, so that you separate yourself from Jesus, win. That's in the win column. Totally, for him. If he can do that with persecution, that's in the win column. Right. So we've seen Revelation address churches that are going through persecution, Mm -hmm. remain faithful. Some will be in prison. Some will be put to death. Remain faithful. And we saw some of the things they receive the crown yeah. of life later on in the book of revelation yeah if they remain faithful so this one is specifically about remain faithful in babylon in babylon be faithful with babylon. luxury yeah yeah the church historically has talked about martyrdom that martyr means witness mm-hmm. so there are red martyrs and white martyrs red martyrs are those who died for their faith so there are examples in revelation those who were put to death for their faith and and i think we as American Christians are like, man, we would do that, right? If someone's like, disbelieve in Jesus, or you know, we take your life, you're like, I'm, I'm not going to disbelieve Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a category called white martyrs, and those who have to live out their faith is their their martyrdom is living out their faith and daily. So you're dying to yourself daily in the sense of these are my desires, their pleasures that are wanting to satisfy them in Babylon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die to that and live to Christ. Okay, so let's apply more of this. Yeah. And you had the call, and you had these three questions, I think, that were really important. Are there things in your life that you abstain from, that just you abstain from? Like in things in the culture yeah. that not maybe everyone in your life group, maybe not everyone in this church, maybe not everyone in your family abstains from, but you do. Sort of like Daniel refusing the king's food at his table yeah. to li- live a Jewish diet. Yeah, I mean, there are things on t- the king's table that he said, I will not ingest into my body because if I did, it would defile me. Because mm-hmm. that was a Jewish law. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's a little, I mean, this would be another conversation, yeah. but not everything that he abstained from was um, antithetical to a Jewish kosher diet. No. So they could have wine, but he sure. abstained from the wine. So there's probably more going on in the in the refusal to consume those things. It's probably more of an allegiance to the king mm-hmm. or identifying with the with the people who are serving the king. Or there was a ritual that was to a pagan god because after you could've had been, this. Yeah, yeah, something there. Yeah. Now it could have been pork, who you know, yeah, perhaps, and he's gonna abstain from that, obviously. But not everything that seemed to be refused was against a, a kosher diet. Right. But and yeah, he lives, yeah, he eats his fruits and vegetables and yeah. looks better. So then that, that, that even makes it more challenging is right. not everything is necessarily anti-Christ. Yeah. But you choose not to participate in it because for you it's defiling. Mm-hmm. And that that's, comes back to wisdom and discernment yeah. once again. So for, I mean, let me just throw out some examples on this. Like some people say, you know, hey, there's, there's certain shows I don't watch mm-hmm. that even some of my Christian brothers and sisters are like, hey, I love this show. Right. But you say, I... The themes in that show, um, the amount of nudity yeah. or the degree of nudity is pornographic to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. 
totally. the rating of that. Like, why do I want to fill my mind with these things? Right. Um, if that, that's, yeah. Some people like alcohol too. Or like, even with the show, like if it makes you stay up way past your bedtime and then you're getting less sleep. What time's your bedtime? Like you don't get to pray as well yeah. the next day because you're watching a show late at night. Like yeah. those are things too, right? Oh, I remember there was a pastor uh, several years ago that I was listening to. And he said, you know, I'm in a fight with my wife. And I'm like, why are we fighting? It's, this is so stupid. He probably didn't use the word stupid. He was a real pastor. Uh, he was, you're just calling as it is. It's stupid. <laughs> it's like, what, what, that's how I view it. Like, why, why am I in this fight right now? Fighting about something that's like not that significant. When I say stupid in front of my kids, <laughs> I catch their attention. Yeah. And I only use it when I'm like, this is really, this, yeah. the word is stupid here. Never stupid. Uh, and he said, you know, I, I didn't realize I didn't go to bed like two nights ago or three nights ago. He just stayed up and he was binging a bunch of shows or a series or whatever. And he's like, I'm too tired not to fight. Mm-hmm. And so I lost this conflict with my spouse. Not because, you know, I said something right now. It's because I refused to just go to bed two nights ago. Yeah, totally. He's like, oh, dang. Yeah, I should probably have just gone to sleep. Yeah. You know, when people come in... And part of my calling at Calvary is people come in and ask about spiritual life things because that's where I reside. Yeah. Spiritual formation. And they're like, I can't pray. I can't do these things. The first question I usually ask is, are you sleeping? Are you going to bed on time? Yeah. Are you waking up at a normal time? And then if you're not doing that, let's do that for two weeks. Yeah. And then let's come back and talk about prayer. So this is why. Because, like, this is the things you have to think about. Exactly. That's why on Sunday, I don't want to be prescriptive in, yeah. okay, these are the three things to come out of Babylon. I want to say, I don't know what that means for your life. I just know that's your call on your life. And this is why you're a better preacher, because it's easier as a preacher just to call out things yeah, instead just, of letting people reside in yeah. discernment. Let's and, all boycott this one thing. Right. Like, this thing's Christian, that thing's not Christian. It'll make the Instagram real, but it is not true. <laughs> I know? Know, it's like I want you to take a question home. Yeah. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna lend you a question this week. Oh my gosh, what I, is it that God's calling me out of? That maybe my neighbor's not gonna be called out of. That maybe my Christian brother may not be called out of. But I, I'm called out of this. And this is why you have to have a life group or a Bible study or a friend or a spiritual yep. partner in life who you can ask these questions to and talk about for the next week. Yeah, yeah. I think my framework on this is my neighbors love Christmas mm-hmm. and not all of them love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very antagonistic towards Jesus. I can't have the same Christmas that they're going to have. Right. Mm-hmm. And I typically do. And I typically do. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. is it that I'm doing in this month, particularly because I think it is a consumer month that separates myself. Yeah. What, in what ways will I best prepare my children to anticipate the arrival of Jesus Christ. Will I spend more time in the Advent readings and prayers than I will about wrapping and shopping and you know because all those things need to get done. I get it. All those totally. things need to get done. And you have family and expectations totally. on you. Yeah, work Frenches. parties going to. I mean, I like, yeah. this December's crazy. So I think this is why I think it's just God's gift to say, hey, before Calvary, you step into December. Remember, He's called you out of Babylon. Mm-hmm. So. So that was once was, yeah, you don't ingest everything from the king's table. The second one, and I may not have it right because I was writing quickly. Refuse to worship things of this world. Yeah. You abstain from worshiping some things of this world. 
So that goes with Daniel's friends, um, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego Mm -hmm. are called to bow down and worship this idol, which I think is just hilarious because in Revelation we see all these images and idols and and worship is not a religious activity. We've said this a thousand times. It's a human activity. It's so human. Finding something worthy of your time, attention, devotion. You worship stuff. And he says, all right, worship this state image. Yeah. And they're like, we can't do that. We can only worship God. So where is it that I have really paid allegiance to yeah. um, and worshipped mm-hmm. in, in my world? And sometimes that's not monetary. Oh, yeah. yeah and sometimes it is. Sometimes it's, do you worship the office? Do you worship yeah. your email? Your do title you bow, that you're going for? Yeah. Do you bow down in this season mm-hmm. to answering email at 1130 at night on yeah. a Tuesday? Or, you know what I mean? Like, those are things that we have to discern in our own lives. I met a guy who said I had to give up sports because after my team lost, I would scream and yell at, at them on you know the TV. Yeah, And then... I'd be in a bad mood with my family for at least a day, if not two. Yeah. But he said, you know, this had just found a place in my heart mm-hmm. that wasn't appropriate. Yeah. That's conviction. It is so it's super convicting. That, that, that's not my world. Right. But that's his world. Right. Totally. I know, my, my team loses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what, you know, like, it's right. And here's the thing. It takes prayer, reading your scriptures, a community to understand what do you worship. Yeah. What are you worshiping? I love that you you shared it with me. Maybe it came from your life group guys of the football things, the 10 things about church, that oh, why yeah, you yeah. don't go to church. I love that. That came from Glenn. If, Glenn, if you're listening, man. Glenn, man. Glenn always gold. is the good, the cold. <laughs> the good. Yeah, but, ten, 10 things why I, I choose not to take my kids to sporting events. Yeah. What's the first one? Do <laughs> you remember them? They were I so have to good. Look them up. We have to read those someday. Yeah. They were really good. The reason I don't take my kids to sport. I don't know the songs. I don't know the songs. The people I sat next to were rude. I have to get up early and yeah. and waste my Sunday morning going to Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday, Saturday yeah. going to the sporting. Event. I remember, yeah, some of those were hilarious. There were yeah, there were calls that I didn't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> it went into overtime, and I was late to my next appointment. Yeah, so good. Okay, okay. and the third one. Yeah, have you stopped? practicing our faith i'm sorry i'm slaughtering this maybe i didn't get it right when i wrote it down what's the third one? Oh, the third one how is, are is, you or yeah daniel have you refused to stop practicing oh his yeah faith being when he was praying, he was five, praying. five times a day right three three, three times. times a day yeah, three times a day they made it illegal this was a scam yeah you know to get a ploy him. to not scam but a ploy to get him arrested it happens several times in the bible <laughs> like know. this and he said no like so you know you just, you just see hey here's here's my allegiance it's it's not to the king's table I'm not going to ingest that I'll wear the garb I'll take the new name I'll work for the government I can't ingest this in my body right or think about us I can't ingest that in my mind then the friends hey I can't pay ultimate allegiance here yeah it's to God I I don't wor- worship this state mm-hmm. I worship the Lord Jesus Christ even if it costs me my life right and then lastly yeah I'm I can't stop practicing my faith I can't stop praying. I can't stop doing the thing that actually gives me my security, my trust, my identity, right. which is my allegiance to God. Like, well, that will cost you your life. It may, but I'm not giving it up. And I think you have to frame it in the last part of this book where you did in chapter 19 where we weep or rejoice. And we weep because there's several people who 
weep at the fall of Babylon. The king, the merchants, the tradesmen. Yeah. And the rejoicing is the saints, the apostles, and the prophets. It's all dependent upon the end. Yeah. Who, who, which kingdom do you belong to? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. If you belong to the kingdom of Christ, then you rejoice. For this is bringing to an end the kingdom of evil mm-hmm. that has exploited people and in, has exploited even you. Or this was my ultimate identity security, and I belong to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm crushed that it's over. Yeah. Or the life that I know is over. Or okay. life as I know it is over. Okay. So here's how we're going to help you, Calvary. This season, this Sunday, just starts Advent. It's actually the beginning of the year for the church. Yeah. It's actually not January. It's not a Roman calendar. It's a church calendar, which is super interesting to say out loud anyways. Mm-hmm. But we're starting Advent. We have developed, once again, an Advent reading plan that the comms team has rushed because Jay Ewing is always slow to the table. <laughs> Go comms. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark and Sam and all those wonderful people over there. Yeah. And um, we've also developed a morning prayer, which we're going to hit record on those this week. And you can pray along with Calvary every morning for 31 days. Yeah. No, 30. 31 in December. 31 in December. And so... Those will helpful are just formational things, not to make you religious or to make you an expert yeah. of who or legalistic, but they are to help reform your Christmas season to the advent of Jesus Christ, which means the arrival. And I think this is perfect this year. I hope we say this a lot in December. We are thankful for the first advent of Jesus Christ. And in Revelation, we're looking at the second advent. Yeah. And there's no better book in the Bible for Christmas to look at the second advent than Revelation. And so we have morning prayers that will be loaded every day for you to pray along with us. Maybe you've never done something like this. It's daunting at first. It's a little weird. But we're going to do our advent reading every day. We're going to read a psalm every day. And hopefully it will help you and more importantly the reason why i'm doing it it's going to help jay ewing reframe his christmas and i want you to help me stay faithful in that yeah i like that posture these are things that are helpful for us yeah these are things that i know i need yeah and this is an invitation for anyone who would like to participate with us yeah and well we have midweek advent devotionals coming out as well um if you want to be a person who wants to pray get better at praying this fall, we sent out, you did some great prayer videos for the fall. Relook at those as you're at the Christmas season. I think asking some of these questions that chapter 18 um, really asks us is about, you know, are we paying allegiance to? What are we paying allegiance to? What are we devoting our time to? What are we staying, yeah. abstaining from? Those are really important questions as we think about Christmas and the beginning of the Christmas season and the new year for the life of the church happening this Sunday at Calvary. Anything else? You know, last thing I'll probably conclude with is my daughter's told me about a new Taylor Swift song. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an old Taylor Swift song Yeah, uh, called Christmas Must Be Something More. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. 
I think that was released in like 2007. <laughs> Maybe how times have changed. <laughs> how times have changed. All right. We love you, Calvary. We look forward to seeing you. We, keep, we look forward to praying with you and pay attention to all the things that are happening at Calvary. And in your neck of the woods, go to calvarybible.com, click your campus, click all the events, stay connected, be connected. And more importantly, enjoy your Christmas as a centered upon Christ the real reason for the season. All right, let's get out of here.